For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa, as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text MONICA to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. As always, this is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Don't forget to check me out on social media. Instagram, I am at Monica Crowley underscore. Some cool photos of my trip to Greece. Now up there, I've got more to come. So uh, sit tight for that. But of course, uh, this show is, is posted on Instagram as well. And on Twitter and True Social, I'm at Monica Crowley. Also by email, I'm at Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Okay, we've got some big shows uh, coming up here later in the week. We're going to talk to a really big podcast host who I absolutely love. Her name is Mel Kay, and she is a straight shooter, as we all are. So she is breathing pure fire. She's going to be here on Thursday with us. You're not going to want to miss that. That is a conversation. Mel Kay and Monica together. Holy cow, the country will never be the same. I promise you. Um, Next week, we're going to have a really important cultural and political conversation with the one and only Ollie London, who, if you're not familiar with Ollie, you should be because he is an extraordinary person. You know, he got sucked into the whole gender identity cult. He began undergoing surgery, hormonal replacement, etc., Uh, He was born a boy, thought he wanted to be a girl, started going down the road of this entire process, and one day woke up, and now he has been detransitioning. He is a person of great faith. 
He has now written an amazing book, which I was honored to blurb, called Gender Madness. And uh, he's just a really good person who is willing to blow the whistle on this entire cultural Marxism of the gender agenda. He's going to join us here next week. Not to be missed, I promise you. Plus all of the breaking news that you come to the show for and all of the on-point analysis that uh, you get few other places but here. So big shows coming up. Later today, we're going to talk to really big podcast hosts who I absolutely love. They're totally America first. They're called Steak for Breakfast. Two guys, U.S. military. Uh, they are really, really smart, and they're really fun, and they're uh, totally down to earth, and you're going to love what they have to say. We've got a big news day here. We're going to cover it now, and then later in the show with Steak for Breakfast, particularly on Trump, but also with regard to the Democrats. They're going to tell us, what's on their mind, and what they're hearing from their audience as well. All right? So big stuff here on the Monica Crowley podcast. But first, the Monica memo. You are witnessing the intentional destruction of America. I have said this uh, before, but it bears repeating. Barack Obama, and last week, by the way, if you have not heard last Thursday's show, of the Monica Crowley podcast, go back and listen to it because that is a must hear on the man behind the curtain of what we are all going through now. And that is Barack Obama. All roads lead to Barack Obama and Mrs. Clinton and the deep state, of course, but Barack Obama is the guy behind the curtain. He is the master puppeteer pulling all of the strings, not just of Joe Biden, but of the deep state, of the propaganda press, of the administrative state. It is Barack Obama who is running this show, including what we're going to talk about today, which is the targeting of Donald Trump. Remember, you know, everybody focuses on Mrs. Clinton because she lost to Donald Trump in 2016. And everybody has been talking about, oh, well, you know, Mrs. Clinton lost, so all of this is because she couldn't handle the loss. That is partly true. I mean, it it is an absolutely true statement that the woman who gave up everything, including total humiliation at the hands of her husband, to become president and then never did. uh, Yes, a lot of it stems from that because her psyche can't handle it. So she is a deep state monster like the rest of them. But remember, there's a bigger point here, apart from Mrs. Clinton, but related to her. Barack Obama spent eight years in the presidency. He began what he called in 2007 and 2008 the fundamental transformation of the nation. Actually, he just continued the Marxist revolution that had been going on since the 1930s here. Nobody stopped to say or think about what he meant by that. I did. Few others did. But not many other people stopped. Well, what does he mean by the fundamental transformation of the nation? Everybody swept up in hope and change, and nobody said, well, what exactly does that mean? What kind of change are we talking about? Now we know. But the bigger point here is that he spent eight years as president doing the fundamental transformation of the nation and the election of Donald Trump in 2016 was a complete and total repudiation of him 
and everything that he was doing as president for eight years. So yes, it was a repudiation of Mrs. Clinton and what a horror show she is. But I think even more importantly, it was a repudiation of Barack Obama and the absolute horror show of him and his presidency. Nobody ever talks about that, but I want you to absorb it because Obama is the one running the show now out of pure revenge for the fact he and his presidency were repudiated by the election of Donald Trump, as well as Mrs. Clinton, but she's sort of a secondary player. It's Barack Obama. And next week, we're going to cover more of this. Maybe we'll even do more of this on Thursday, because I really want to drill down and hone in on Barack Obama. He is the one. He's skating. Nobody's focused on him. Well, we're going to, because all roads lead to him. He's the one. Remember when, um, and this is a very delicate, complex interplay between Obama and Trump. Remember years ago when Obama was president and he spoke at the White House Correspondents' Dinner and Donald Trump was a guest. He was at one of the tables and Obama really began to pick on him from the podium. And everybody, all 2,000 people packed into that ballroom and I've been to that event many times. They're all cackling and laughing as, as Obama's making fun of Trump. And Obama's out there saying, oh, you know, there are rumors that Trump is going to run for president. And then he just mocked him mercilessly. Trump has a very good sense of humor. He's a brilliant, uh, brilliant comedic timing and everything else. But that, when the camera honed in on Trump, he was not laughing. And they say that that's the moment that he decided to pull the trigger and actually run. And then he showed all of them, right? I mean, there's another famous clip of uh, Barack Obama saying, well, I could tell you one thing. They were all presidents. Donald Trump will never be president. Ha, 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 ha. Well, Donald Trump showed all of them, turned the tables, made them to look foolish, and then delivered on a very powerful America First agenda that delivered a booming economy, secure border, and world peace. They cannot have any of this. So yes, the Great Reset, the globalist agenda, the corrupt status quo, they all seek to restore all of that. But the person driving the bus on this is none other than Barack Obama out of revenge, out of retribution for the repudiation of him and his presidency by Donald Trump. I want you to absorb what I just said because the intentional takedown of America that you are seeing via Donald Trump stems from Obama and his fellow travelers who are Marxists who seek the destruction of the country. They are going to republic destroying extremes to cover up their crimes, to cover up their corruption to cover up their goal of the fundamental transformation of the nation. And they're doing it by targeting the one guy who is out here trying to save America. 
This latest indictment, the fourth indictment, came down from Georgia late last night. Of course, they all do these things in prime time, so all the networks are forced to carry it. The judge in this case was laughing up a storm, joking around with the journalists who were all left-wing sitting in his courtroom. So we know what this is all about. And by the way, uh, the judge's wife has donated to Biden for America, Biden for President, Mrs. Clinton, her presidential campaign, Obama, the rest of them. So we know where this judge is coming from as well. So he was, uh, uh, Donald Trump was hit with uh, his fourth indictment. There are 41 total counts against Trump and 18 associates, including Rudy Giuliani, Mark Meadows, the former White House chief of staff. Uh, So many others have been hit with charges. And now it seems like Jack Smith, who is not done, he's a special counsel. He's going to come with superseding indictments as well against Trump, probably for seditious conspiracy. He's going to hit him with that as well, try to block Trump from uh, running for re-election with that in particular because of the 14th Amendment, barring anybody engaged in insurrection against the government from seeking high office. And Jack Smith is probably going to hit a number of these people as well, uh, Giuliani, Meadows, maybe others um, as well. So this is not done Um, More indictments will follow, but this one in particular yesterday, 41 counts of racketeering, RICO charges, which were originally designed for organized crime, mob bosses and and gangs, the Italian mob and and others, racketeering, uh, forgery, false statements, impersonating a public officer, soliciting public officers to violate their oaths of office, and on and on. So uh, this is uh, what we're actually dealing with here, the absurdity of of these specific counts we're going to get to in just a moment. But I want to play you something really telling here as we get into all of this. A man named Jeff Duncan served as the former lieutenant governor of Georgia, And last night he was on CNN with Caitlin Collins, and I want you to listen very carefully to what he had to say. Roll it. This feels different. Uh, You know what? Donald Trump did his his most damage in Georgia. Uh, He sucked the soul out of the Republican Party here. Uh, he's sucked the morality out of the Republican Party, the fiscal responsibility out of the Republican Party. He's, he, he sucked our winning percentage out of the Republican Party. He's taken everything from us, and it is our turn to take it back, right? It's our turn to win elections based on the policies that we think we're better on. This is the prime spot for us to take Joe Biden to the woodshed and call him out for not running the border right, not protecting our communities, not putting our best foot forward internationally. These are our moments in time. But if we make this about the three-ring circus of Donald Trump, we will lose, lose, and lose again. Well, now, Jeff Duncan, the former lieutenant governor of Georgia, says Trump has taken, quote, everything from us, and it's our turn to take it back. This is the position today of all of the anti-Trump Republicans ahead of 2024. This is a very clarifying statement, is it not? This is what he means when he says Trump took everything from us and now it's our turn to take it back. This is what he means. He means that Trump took power and control away from them. 
the uni party, the corrupt establishment, the deep state power brokers on both sides of the aisle. And Trump returned that power and control where it belongs, with the people, with us, as the founding fathers designed and intended our system. A government of, by, and for the people. Not a government of, by, and for a corrupt ruling class. A bunch of evil globalists. A collection of permanent functionaries getting enriched and empowered off of the people. No, that's tyranny right there. That is not a republic. That is not a democracy which they're all wailing about all of the time. You know, the people who complain uh, that Donald Trump is destroying democracy, the people screaming about the destruction of democracy and how Trump and America first are destroying it all. This is a classic projection move to deflect from the fact that they are the ones destroying it on purpose. So when this establishment hack, Jeff Duncan, tells us that Donald Trump has, quote, taken everything from us, what he is saying is true. Trump did take everything from the ruling class. Their power, their control, their grift, their corrupt gravy train, their ability to keep their corruption quiet and ongoing. He exposed all of their evil crimes and deep corruption, all of their rot, and stopped their ability to keep going with it because it was all out in the open. That's why they hate him. That's one of many reasons why they hate him. But that's why they need to stop him. And so when this guy Duncan says, now it's our turn to take it back, he doesn't mean take it back from Trump. He means take it back from you. The power, the control, the government, our government. Take it all back from you where it rightfully belongs, where Trump restored it and put it back in their hands, the corrupt ruling class's hands. That's what he means. Mr. Duncan said the quiet part out loud, and it's very clarifying, is it not? Okay, now that we have these key parts of the bigger framework in place, let's talk about what actually is going on here. We have a lot coming at us, so I just want to go through it piece by piece, okay? We got to understand where we are right now in this moment in the Republic. The uh, corrupt DOJ and FBI, they signed a deal with Joe Biden's crackhead bagman son to keep him out of prison for money laundering, bribery, tax evasion, uh, gun charges, influence peddling, And at the very same time, they are criminally charging Donald Trump for tweeting at people to turn on their TVs. I'm not kidding here. 
One of the counts in this indictment against Donald Trump reads, quote, on or about the third day of December 2020, Donald John Trump caused to be tweeted from the Twitter account at real Donald Trump, quote, Georgia hearings now on own. Amazing. Meaning the One American News Network. OK, he wrote amazing. And the prosecutors wrote this was an overt act in furtherance of the conspiracy. So they're literally charging Donald Trump with telling people that they should turn on their TV and watch OWN. That now apparently is a crime. It continues. Here's uh, another count. On or about the 21st day of November 2020, Mark Randall Meadows, Mark Meadows, sent a text message to United States Representative Congressman Scott Perry from Pennsylvania and stated, quote, can you send me the number for the speaker and the leader of Pennsylvania legislature? POTUS wants to chat with them, close quote. This was an overt act in furtherance of the conspiracy. So now these prosecutors in Georgia are saying that asking for telephone numbers is a criminal conspiracy. Georgia is now trying to put Mark Meadows in prison because he talked to a Republican member of Congress in Pennsylvania and asked for the phone numbers of two Republican legislators in the state. Do you see how they're criminalizing basic acts of, that are non-criminal. They are taking non-criminal acts like telling people to turn on their TV or asking for a phone number in a text and criminalizing that. This is about criminalizing any dissent in terms of, in terms of raising legitimate questions about election results. Now, the Democrats all day long, when Republicans win, all day long they question the results and call the winning candidate illegitimate, smear and attack them, wage war on them. But we're not allowed to raise legit questions on our side at all. It is about criminalizing that. You see how dangerous this is. And this is not about 2020, guys. This is about 2024. This is about next year. This is as much a messaging event as it is a legal one. All of these indictments are. Yes, they're criminally charging Trump and all of these people with, with real uh, indictments and real things, and they are in legal peril. That is 100% true. But the message is not just to them, it's to the rest of us. Don't even think about it. Don't even think about raising legitimate questions or we will come after you the way we've come after them. We will destroy your life. We may bankrupt you. We may put you in prison. We may do all of the above. So don't even think about it. We're going to rig and steal the next election. And if you raise any questions about it, we will come for you. That's what all of this is about. Never forget this either, that in Georgia on election night, President Trump was leading Joe Biden by over 160,000 votes. And then you'll recall late into the night that there was a, a pipe burst, a water main break, right? And they claimed that a pipe burst and there was water everywhere. And so they had to stop the counting 
and they forced everybody out. So all of the Republican poll watchers were removed. Everybody was cleaned out of there. They said, oh, we got a flood. We got to get out. And while everybody was out, you had these Democrat criminals pulling out suitcases of ballots. It's all caught on video. And then they took these suitcases of ballots and they were running them through the machines for hours without anybody watching them. Georgia was the only state to turn blue in the entire South. The whole Bible Belt was red, voted for Trump, except for Georgia, where they had orchestrated this fraud. And now President Trump is getting indicted for the crime of raising questions and trying to investigate that Democrat criminal ballot fraud. Keep in mind, too, that the state of Georgia has a Republican governor, Kemp, and a Republican state legislature. And yet, not much from them. You've got these insane indictment counts coming against Trump and the others, like uh, telling people to watch TV, asking people for phone numbers, reserving rooms in the Capitol building, getting people to attend legislative meetings to let their voices be heard. All of this now criminal. Criminal. When the actual crimes were happening on the Democratic side on election night, all of those crimes to rig this election. Melissa Tate, who is on Twitter at the right Melissa, she's got a terrific account. She tweeted yesterday, and I want to read you uh, what she wrote because these facts are true and you need to know them. She wrote that Georgia fraud was the worst fraud of them all. Over 2,000 felons illegally voted. Over 66,000 under 18 voted. Over 2,400 weren't registered to vote at all. Over 1,000 used a P.O. box as their address, which is illegal. Nearly 5,000 voted past the registration date. Over 10,000 people died before the election but still voted in the election somehow. Nearly 400 people voted in two states, Georgia and another state. Almost 16,000 people had moved out of state but still voted in Georgia. And over 40,000 people changed counties to vote. And yet Donald Trump and 18 others are charged with uh, basically exposing this election theft. That's why they're being charged, for exposing the rigging and the stealing of this election. She continues, corrupt courts and judges refuse to even hear this open and shut evidence on a technicality and standing. That, by the way, is 100% true. That, you know, when you hear the fake news talk about, well, these cases were, were thrown out by all of these courts, over 60 cases, and all these judges threw them, threw them out. Number one, a lot of judges do not want to be in the public glare. They do not want to happen to them what has happened to Brett Kavanaugh and Justice Alito and uh, Clarence Thomas on the Supreme Court were there in the crosshairs of the left, and they've got mobs outside their homes So they will not stand on the law because they don't want themselves and their families targeted. And I understand that from a human point of view, but man, do we need more courageous judges to stand up and do what's right here because the country is hanging by a thread. But in these cases, the election fraud cases, 
they were all dismissed, not on the merits of the case, but on standing and other technicalities. So the actual evidence of election rigging and fraud and the rest of it, that was never aired in a court of law. That was never aired out. It was never made public. Melissa Tate also goes on. I want to read this to you. Uh, In Georgia election fraud, she says, typically ballot rejection rate in years past has averaged 3%. So you would reject ballots that didn't have a signature matching. uh, People would die. All the things that we laid out, uh, they would throw out those ballots at a rate of 3%. But in 2020, the ballot rejection rate was only 0.03%. That's pretty much close to zero. That means that the thresholds for signature matching were lowered to allow ballots with signatures that didn't match, for example, to be counted. Run through all of the machines. So all the fake ballots ran through the machines to make up for Trump's huge, huge lead. I mean, is it just beyond belief? Yeah. So for the crime of actually exposing all of this fraud, Donald Trump got nailed. Well, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, uh, Barack Obama, Mrs. Clinton, they all walk free. With every indictment, President Trump is becoming an immortal. He's gaining strength. With every indictment, his poll numbers go up not down. The deep state actors cannot believe that the man is still standing. They started to target him in late 2015. It continued all through the 2016 election, all through his presidency, the 2020 election, and through today. And there are markers along the way, the Russia hoax, two fake impeachments, uh, the rigged 2020 election, the undermining from within of his administration of all of these uh, deep state operatives that leaked on him and slow walked his policies and tried to undermine and destroy him. The 2020 election, as I said, January 6th, which was a Fed surrection, the raid on Mar-a-Lago, all of these indictments. This tells you exactly how powerful the man is. This tells you exactly how much of a threat he is. And so with all of this, it's Groundhog Day. Yet another day, yet another bogus, sham, garbage indictment. It's Groundhog Day because they have thrown the kitchen sink at him and nothing has stuck. And they're hoping that this, in fact, does. And it may. He is in big legal peril. I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. He is. But he's also becoming an immortal in the sense now that they they have done the impossible. They have turned Donald Trump into a sympathetic figure. They have turned Donald Trump into a martyr. And this giant pylon is going to backfire. It's already backfiring. They can't not do it. They can't stop themselves from actually doing way too much. You know, it's like when people get greedy, they get nailed. Think about it this way. If you have a small business and you have an employee who's working the cash register, if that employee is stealing a dollar or maybe a fiver every week or or once a month, that person is likely to get away with it because the, the stakes are small, the numbers are low. But if that same employee starts to get greedy, 
and start stealing a hundred bucks out of the register a week or a month, they're far more likely to get caught. The greed overwhelms them. They can't not do it and they get nailed for that. Well, it's the same principle here. If they had gone after Donald Trump with one indictment, one count on something, I think a lot of low-information voters might say, hey, maybe he did something wrong. Let's see how this plays out. Maybe he did it. Maybe he's guilty. But the fact that the deep state and the corrupt DOJ, FBI, and all of these corrupt DAs, by the way, now you know why George Soros spent tens of millions of dollars to recruit and elect radical communist district attorneys like Fannie Willis in Fulton County, Georgia, and Alvin Bragg here in New York City. Now you know. But if they had just hit him with one charge, people might shrug and say, well, maybe he's guilty. Let's see. But the fact that they overreached to this extent and went way overboard here, it is boomerang. It is boomeranging on them. Big, big time. Now, the flip side of this argument is, well, they're doing that because they know that there will be a rallying effect around Donald Trump and they want him, in fact, to be the nominee because they believe that he is more easily beatable than a Governor DeSantis or anybody else. To which I say, be careful what you wish for. They have unleashed the Furies here. On purpose, by design, but they have unleashed the Furies. And if there's anything that I have learned in life, it is when you do that, the law of unintended consequences kicks in. Trump 2024, now more than ever, guys. Now more than ever. And to the left, I say, be careful what you wish for. All right, let's hit a quick break. When we come back, we're going to speak about this and more with the two amazing patriots who run the great Steak for Breakfast podcast. That's coming up straight ahead. Sit tight. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy And you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me 
and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Well, steak for breakfast is not just a protein-rich way to start your day. It's also an amazing podcast. I am so happy to welcome to the show the two incredible patriots who host the super fun Steak for Breakfast podcast, Roan and Noah. Steak for Breakfast is a 100% America first podcast. It's like branded 100% American beef, 100% America first podcast with the best America first guests like me. I've been a guest on that show. I will be a guest again because it's just so much fun. The show is available across every podcast platform, including Apple and Spotify. So go check it out there. And it is seen across all social media platforms. And they also have a great Substack too. So please go check them out. You will not be sorry. Ronan Noah, join me now. Hi, guys. Hey, how you doing? Hey, Monica. Thanks for having us. Well, it is my pleasure. And thank you for having me on stake for breakfast too, because it was so much fun and I'm dying to come back. But I wanted to have you guys here because you are pure America first. You are, um, you represent the best of America. All right. We've got a lot to cover today because it's obviously yet another big news day. You guys are America first. Our America first champion President Trump was indicted for the fourth time yesterday, uh, this time by the local DA in Fulton County, Georgia, over his legit questioning of the results of the very sketch 2020 election. Your reaction? Well, it seems now that in this day and age, if you are taking advice from the people who the Justice Department or radicalized DAs do not agree with, the First Amendment no longer matters and doesn't matter to such a point to where you will be charged both at the state level and federally for these crimes in only the case of felonies. That's pretty much my takeaway from yesterday uh, coming out of the January 6th one and then the Georgia one as well. Yeah. First, first amendment's not really a thing anymore if you're on the wrong team, which is really an unfortunate state of the country. It's really unbelievable when you take a look at this, uh, this indictment and the set of charges associated with it. I just did this long monologue about all of this and what it really means. But when you drill down into it, I mean, they're going after him and what, 18 others for racketeering, you know, under the RICO statute, which was originally geared for gangsters the mob. So they're going after him for racketeering, false statements, forgery, impersonating a public officer, soliciting public officers to violate their oaths of office. I mean, this, to say it's a stretch is actually a polite way of talking about this. This indictment, like all of the previous indictments, and there are more to come because Jack Smith and maybe even Fannie Willis here in Fulton County, Georgia, they're going to slap on superseding indictments. So just because you see this set does not mean this is the end of this. This is, this, these are hallmarks of tyranny. 
mm-hmm. guys. And this is a massive abuse of power. And yet, you know, the, the outrage just seems to be on our side, right? Not just, it, it's us Trump voters, of course, but it's middle America, it's a great silent majority, but nobody else. I mean, I, I just, I cannot for the life of me understand why there is not a single Democrat with a sense of conscience and shame um, and a sense of decency to come forward and say, you know what, this is not right. This is not right, but this is where we are in this country. Yeah, if you went back 10 years and and told somebody even a fraction of the stuff that's happening right now, like, hey, guess what? This is what's going to happen in 10 years. They'd be like, you're out of your mind. You're crazy. There's no way. You know, I think when uh, you look at all the hats that the radical progressive left wants Donald Trump to wear as well, I think it would make for a pretty good movie series. I mean, if you look back at the Mar-a-Lago raid and the charges there, he was a spy committing espionage and then you know, you, you look at the January 6th indictments and they want to basically align him with the Confederacy, like riding into Washington, D.C. to retake the country from the establishment government. And now with the Mar-a-Lago raid, they've turned it into like a mafia movie. <laughs> and the play now and the, and, and the overreach is extended so wide. It seems like the more people they try to net in with these charges, they, they are just looking for someone to scare and to flip on them. And I don't think, uh, you know, I know for a fact up to this point, it's really frustrated people like Jack Smith that people aren't, you know, just flipping and saying, oh, yeah, let's go against President Trump because they know that he didn't do anything wrong and they know that this is very politicized. And then when you talk about, you know, the people on the left not having at least one decent person, look in just the last couple hours, you know, since the indictment has dropped, Monica, you have people in, in the Republican Party, those running in the, you know, best of the rest primary under Donald Trump calling for him to leave the race. So I think it's disgusting and it's an embarrassment to, you know, not only all of those people's careers, but the overall narrative that we've grown accustomed to in this country to where what's happening to President Trump is normal. The way they bring it into everybody's living room on a nightly basis uh, is normalizing it with people who aren't hardcore into politics. And it sets up a really bad narrative. And it is the election interference that President Trump talks about heading into this very important presidential primary cycle. You know, when you look at the pattern, and I just spoke about this, but he came down that golden escalator at Trump Tower, uh, June, mid-June of 2015, and they didn't take him seriously early on. But later that year, when it poll after poll showed that he was way ahead of everybody else, Jeb Bush, their chosen candidates, and so many others, they started to target him because they sensed what an existential threat the man was to all of them and their constant grift and their absolute grip on power, right? So they have been uh, trying to politically take him down and out for a very long time. And honestly, they cannot believe that nothing has stuck. So this is their last well, maybe not their last. I, who knows? And now that we know what the deep state is capable of, guys, um, they are capable of anything. But as far as I know, I was the very first person to say in March of 2017 on Sean Hannity's Fox show, they will not stop until the man is in prison. And that shocked a lot of people at the time. But <laughs> guess what? As usual, I was right. Um, and I, this is This is their ultimate goal is to put the man behind bars and flip the lock her up chant with Hillary Clinton. By the way, you guys, did you see Mrs. Clinton on Rachel Maddow last night? 
cackling away mm. at the irony of the lock her up chant and now it's lock him up. This is how the deep state operates. Your thoughts on, on Mrs. Clinton, Joe Biden, Barack Obama, all of these criminals who are roaming free while Donald Trump is in the crosshairs. Well, I think a lot of this goes back to the original Obama administration. Barack Obama, you know, is everyone in America first. More Americans than that should know that he was the most divisive president in the history of our country by far. And that says a lot, you know, and, and just the absolute nature of the way they've continued to extend this administration through Joe Biden's first term. It's just been an embarrassment. When you talk about the Justice Department, we here on the show on Steak for Breakfast, we refer to Merrick Garland as the biggest revenge hire in the history of politics. Uh, he was embarrassed during his nomination process, and he acts like a humble, stoic kind of leader when it comes to what he's doing down at the DOJ as the U.S. Attorney General. The fact of the matter is he's unrelentlessly destroying our justice system. It's going to take decades upon decades to repair the damage that he's done. Uh, with the unprecedented nature he's gone after President Trump, to every average, to average everyday citizens across this country, whether it be Catholics or pro-lifers or parents at PTA meetings, the, the new standard is, is if, if you don't align up with the narrative, we're not just going to pad the numbers in Congress and make life difficult for you. We're literally going to come to your house and drag you out and throw you in jail without due process. And, you know, when you talk about Joe Biden, Every time something new comes out about him or his family, it's like within hours, Donald Trump either gets extra indictments thrown on or a new one proposed. And it just seems to be the way that the government is OK with running now. Uh, it's it's sad state to see our nation in. And, uh, you know, you can tell throughout the course of, you know, how all of this has played out. Like you mentioned, since Donald Trump's come down the golden escalator, Monica, they knew that he was never going to buy into the plan because the establishment kept him out from the time he was a land developer. They wouldn't let him into the NFL. They wouldn't let him reface the waterfront in New York. They were never going to let him have a legitimate presidency, and he was able to get the job done. They know he's going to do it even better. They know he's going to fire all of their friends when he gets back after next year. So like you said, they're going to do whatever it takes to stop that from happening, no matter what. If we have to sacrifice literally our country to stop Donald Trump from winning the presidency next year, the radical progressive left will do nothing to make sure that he cannot win in November of 2024. And it just goes to show how afraid of him they are, too, because, I mean, yep. <clears throat> this is really the only solution for them. Like, it's either throw him in jail or or nothing. They, they can't beat him up on a fair fight. And then watch. Well, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, watching watching the uh, the 10 indictments being turned over in court, it just seemed like you got this judge up there who's like choreographing counting all 10 of the indictments while he's got a giant screen TV with his face on it in the background. It's just, it's kangaroo court, all of it. And did you guys see the judge cracking jokes with yeah. the journalists in the courtroom after the process was over? Um, and it was like 1030 at night. Of course, they always do these indictments in prime time. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they schedule it for prime time. You know, it's never happening at like 1 p.m or 3 p.m., it's always prime time. So all the networks will pick it up. And this judge in particular, uh, they have said cameras in the courtroom for this process. Now, President Trump and his team have said, we welcome that. We want everybody to see what a railroading this all is. What do you guys think the, the kind of spectacle we're gonna see out of this particular case? Well, I'm interested to see if the Secret Service is gonna 
you know, bump heads with the sheriff down there who said Donald Trump's going to be processed like a typical criminal off the street. Oof. Uh, we all know that's probably one of the most inappropriate comments you could ever make about a current or former president. Uh, if they decide to treat him as such, I think we could have some issues. And then, uh, you know, as far as the court process goes, it seems like with these indictments, they're tripping over themselves by getting too far ahead of themselves, in turn, making a big mess. There was a really good movie. A lot of people don't know about it. It was called Find Me Guilty. Uh, Vin Diesel starred in it, and it was about the biggest RICO trial in the history of the United States. Long story short, everyone was found not guilty. You know, it's just one of those things where the American people are seeing it. They're waking up. I know a lot of people have bad tastes in their mouths. You know, at first, the Mar-a-Lago raid, there were kind of people that were probably cheering it on who weren't the biggest fans of Donald Trump. But at this point, it's becoming like beyond beating a dead horse. And I think the the people that are watching this unfold in real time have just absolutely had it with the way that, you know, this justice system is treating the former president. And if they think threatening him with a mugshot isn't going to backfire on him too, just think of the merchandising alone. T-shirt sales. Oh my gosh. Roof. It'll be a more iconic photo than than uh, Johnny Cash flipping the camera off. Mm -hmm. I, I saw somebody tweet last night that that mugshot is worth another 2 million votes for yep. Donald Trump. <laughs> so that's another 2 million votes that they're going to have to manufacture on election night 2024. Um, yeah, I mean, look, the criminalization of our politics now, we are in such a dangerous moment here. This is not just about Donald Trump. I mean, obviously it's about him because... They're going after him specifically, and he's going to be the one tied up in court all of next year, et cetera. Um, but it's because he's the most obvious symbol of America first and all of us deplorables who actually believe in America and our foundational principles. So it's about coming after all of us. And Trump has said this repeatedly. We have all said this repeatedly. But, you know, for, for people who are on the sidelines now thinking, well, you know, it's just about Trump. We need to disabuse them of that because like with any tyranny, they start with the most obvious obstacles and try to remove them. And then they come after everybody else. And the next thing you know, you're living in a dictatorship with no freedoms and no rights. And we're like five minutes away from that. You know, I think one of the best parts about this uh, primary cycle that's unfolding, which a lot of people who you know, were active all the way back in 2016 when Donald Trump first ran and all of the new voters that are going to be voting for the first time next year in the presidential election. Donald Trump has always been the most touchable candidate in the history of politics. He gets on the ground, he rolls up his sleeves, he gets out with the people because that's what brings him joy. Uh, if you saw the way he was at the Iowa Fair and then later in the day at the Live Golf Tournament, he just loves it. And coming out of the impeachments and COVID back in 2020, they really did their best to keep him away from doing that. You remember they demonized the Trump rallies. Oh, it's super spreader events. They're killing everybody's grandma and grandpa. There isn't any of that now. They're trying to bring him into court and hold him there from getting out and being a touchable candidate again with the American people. But that's failing because whenever he goes to a new city to turn himself in and be arraigned, he comes out and goes to local restaurants. And you see people in places like, New York, Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, places that they tell you like Donald Trump has zero percent support coming out in hundreds, if not thousands, to support him. And as that continues to be something that he uses as part of the repertoire that he's added uh, back to the 2020 
back to the 2024 race, you see Donald Trump, you know, gaining steam in that department as well. And it's bringing people from outside of just the America First tent in and widening it for him. Yes, that's exactly right, which is why his poll numbers continue to climb, because they are actually turning people around on Trump. You know, that they're actually getting people who may have dismissed him or got sick of him or the mean tweets to take a second look at this man. So but they can't stop themselves because they have a mission to stop him and they can't. There's no moderation. If they had been more moderate in their approach to attacking Trump, they may have actually succeeded in marginalizing him. But because they went to such extremes and continue to go to such extremes, they can't not do it. And it's only helping him. Right. And so the question, guys, is, you know, a lot of people are like, well, the Democrats know that there's going to be this rallying effect around Trump. They want him as the nominee because they think he that they can beat him more easily than, say, a Governor DeSantis. I, I say, be careful what you wish for. What do you guys say? Yeah, I don't think that I don't think that they think they can actually beat him. That's the that's the total misnomer in that whole thing. Right. My, yeah. Go ahead. They can throw everybody that they want out. I, I don't think it's going to be Joe Biden. I know, Monica, you're, you're someone who doesn't necessarily think it's going to be Joe Biden. In, you know, on the Democrat side in the 2024 election, whether it be Gavin Newsom, Michelle Obama or anybody in between, they cannot line up toe to toe with Donald Trump. You take Joe Biden out of the equation, you lose having the authority of been inside the Oval Office, uh, even though Joe Biden's vacation for a third of his presidency, he still technically is the president. <laughs> but when you look at people like Gavin Newsom or anybody else they try to bring to the table, Donald Trump has a robust and accomplished resume of things that he was able to do as part of promises kept in his first term that he looks to not only build on, but extend on in his second term. And I think he will be bringing that to the table. None of these people have the ability to walk into North Korea. None of these people have the ability to broker the Abraham Accords. None of these people can make our border safe and secure again and build the greatest economy in the history of this country twice. And, and, you know, that's what they're going to be up against. And I think by the time to where we actually get to the point where Donald Trump's able to lay out Agenda 47 for the American people and they've seen all the stuff he's gone through, it's going to be more than a winning pitch to the American public. Yeah, I I think if we're talking about a legit election, you guys are 100 percent right. But I just worry that the deep state will never allow him uh, to be elected president again. And I'm not quite sure how we overcome that. I don't have any good answers on that. But that is really the big question. Um, So let's turn to the Biden family corruption. We've got mountains of evidence um, that Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, Jim Biden, the entire Biden crime family was in on this. And and the, the obvious point which a lot of people are not making is there were no corrupt international financial transactions on the part of Hunter or anybody else without Joe Biden in high office. So obviously Joe Biden is the ringmaster for for all of this. Do you guys, now that there's a special counsel involved that is just going to bury this whole thing, how do you see the Biden corruption uh, coming into play, if at all, going into next year? I think the only play that this becomes something that sticks for Joe Biden is if the radical left is really done with him. They will 
formulate or cook up something that makes this become legitimate and is the way that they are able to usher him out because they feel like he can no longer go up there and kind of read the teleprompter and say the things that they want to get done. I mean, everyone who's listening to your show, Monica, probably like the same audience that listens to the, to ours knows that Joe Biden doesn't do anything, uh, knows that he's confused and frustrated with the things that he has to do on a regular basis because he's no longer physically or mentally able to keep up with the rigorous schedule of, you know, being the president of the United States. And when they, you know, are done with Joe Biden, I, I have a feeling it's going to be something scandal ridden and, and they've kind of laid out the groundwork right now for that. Uh, they'll probably make it a lot less worse than it is in actuality. Um, I don't see them ever going after him as hard as they've gone after President Trump, even though Joe Biden has blatantly done more things at the felonious level. And so if people in his family, you know, according to some of our hard workers up on Capitol Hill, like Jamie Comer and Jim Jordan. But w- what can you say? The only way that this guy is ever going to be held accountable in any context is if the deep state's done with him. And it's yet to be determined on whether or not that's going to be in the next election cycle. Yeah. And it's also, you know, it looks like. If they want to go through the motions, they're going to target Hunter, not Joe, so that they can then draw that equivalence to Trump. Like, oh, look, we are even handed in the application of justice. We're going after Hunter Biden. Yeah, but Barack Obama, Mrs. Clinton, uh, Joe Biden, all of them, Comey, Clapper, Brennan, uh, everybody from the Russia hoax straight through to today, they're all protected. And and, uh, this is just, uh, we are in a tyranny. I mean, we're no longer in a representative republic and we cannot go on like this. Um, In our remaining moments, guys, the... um Let's deal with the two primaries that we're going to face. The GOP primary, we have this big legal wild card with Donald Trump, but do you guys anticipate that he will in fact be the Republican nominee? As far as we're concerned, the primary is already over. Is there anybody else? Yeah, I mean, the, Donald Trump is on the way to a three-peat for the Republican nomination, and this whole process is more of a coronation than it is a primary process. That's the way we feel here on the show. If the establishment wants to run for the sake of face and the traditional way that they do things, which Donald Trump completely broke the mole of back in 2016, then they can continue to run people in single digits who are going to go out and have their consultants get rich and make funny commercials and look really awkward on TV because they're all scared of putting out any kind of policy platform because they don't want to upset MAGA and America first. So at this rate right now, as far as the Republican side goes, Donald Trump has already pretty much wrapped up the primary process and will be the Republican nominee for the third consecutive time on the Democrat side. Like, we just touched on Monica. It's, it's Joe Biden unless they're done with them. And then, you know, there's a lot of wild cards that their bench is deep. But I don't know if anybody has anything, you know, good to they're all going to be able to articulate it better than Joe Biden, which makes them all more viable candidates than he is right now. But I just think experience wise and track record wise, everyone from like Michelle Obama and Hillary Clinton to Gavin Newsom, Gretchen Whitmer and everyone in between, they just don't have what Donald Trump brings to the table. Yeah, that's true. But the one thing that they well, the two things that they do have are a corrupt media willing to propagandize for them and protect them and advance their agenda. And they've got all of the levers of power to wrigg an election, including big tech and the press. 
um, and all of these dirty uh, areas in swing states like Atlanta, like Philadelphia, like Detroit, um, like Milwaukee. I mean, we're, we're talking about a very sophisticated operation here that's been ongoing for decades, decades they've been stealing elections. And every once in a while, they allow us to have one to make it look like, you know, that we've got a fair system and we just don't. So, look, I think if they feel like they can run the comatose Joe Biden from the basement again, um, and have the press protect him, and they've been more than willing to do that throughout, um, they will run Biden. If they feel like they cannot pull that off, they will replace him. And they've got to replace her too, because they're not going to run Kamala. No. So it, it's going to be a very <laughs> interesting dance. I agree with you. I think the Republican primary is over. I think all of the action is going to be on the Democratic side. Yeah, I agree. Monica, the one ray of hope that I want, you know, both of our all of our listenerships to understand is that way you talk about the weaponized media and and the way that the, you know, entire racket is fixed against us. They do want us to forget that less than three years ago, 74 million people came out and voted for Donald Trump. They never talk about it. They always talk about how awful he was at the end of the presidency in his first term when that wasn't the case. And it could not have been a referendum on Donald Trump if he got 13 or 14 million more votes in his reelection bid than he did the first time. Now, we do understand with all the voter fraud and the way the media is biased and, of course, the big tech component there and all the things that we haven't been able to fix six 2020 are still out there. You know, that number that Donald Trump got in, in I feel like right now he's stronger than he was at any point at any time that he ran in leading up to his first term and leading into 2020. And I think with these indictments and all the stuff that's going on, plus how he feels good about how bad he's spanking the Republican field in the primary, Donald Trump's only going to get stronger as we head into next year. You know, that's a really good point, And I'm glad we're going to end with this. That 74 to 75 million votes that Donald Trump got, those votes were all legitimate. Yep. <laughs> those votes were all legit. Unlike Biden's 81 million, and I'm using air quotes <laughs> if you guys could could see me, 81 million. So many votes. Uh, we know that's totally bogus. I mean, the idea that Joe Biden got more votes than Barack Obama is insane and, and untrue. So the fact that Donald Trump got more votes than any other Republican candidate for president ever, 74 to 75 million legit votes, that scares the living daylights out of the left out of the deep state, out of the press. And that's another reason why you have seen this nonstop assault on him. Um, so we are at the ramparts. And guys, I want to thank you so much because I really consider it an honor and a pleasure. Monica, it's been an absolute honor and a pleasure joining you as well. I, I, I guess I can't say for, uh, you know, all the Steak for Breakfast listeners that are going to hear this today. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for having us on the show. And we look forward to having you on ours again soon. Yeah, thank you. Oh, well, it's my great pleasure, guys. And I look forward to joining you guys again soon as well. All right, everybody, you hear these two guys. They're amazing American patriots, Roan and Noah. Their podcast is called Steak for Breakfast. And again, you know, steak for breakfast is a good idea. I've been eating more protein for breakfast anyway. I've been eating like Japanese style 
like uh, salmon for breakfast, but steak for breakfast is the ultimate. And that's what our red-blooded American patriots who are America first eat. And if you don't want to actually have a physical steak for breakfast, you can enjoy the Steak for Breakfast podcast. Go check it out. It's available on all podcast platforms, including Apple and Spotify. So go check them out there. They're on Twitter. They're across all social medias. Uh, platform. So please go and check them out. True Social as well, Steak for Breakfast. And they've got a terrific uh, Substack too. Roan and Noah, you guys are fantastic. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thanks, Monica. You're an absolute warrior. Well, another incredibly important show in the can. So glad that you were here to hear it. Make sure you tell all of your friends, your family, your colleagues about the Monica Crowley podcast. Can't do it without you. And I so appreciate you guys. Thank you for being here and for checking out our phenomenal sponsors. We all really appreciate that as well. So thank you. Uh, I will be back here on Thursday with another huge show that you're not going to want to miss. We're going to start to break apart Barack Obama as we did last Thursday. Go listen to that show in addition to today's show. Uh, And then we're going to pick it up again on Thursday in addition to all of the other breaking news that is going to come at us between now and then. It never ends, but thankfully I am on top of it for all of you. Have a great start to your week and I'll see you right back here on Thursday. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.